Welcome to episode 13 of the Atlanta Man Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Rogers, and on today's episode, we'll be discussing a little bit of trade talk for the Atlanta Braves and the week that they had last week, and a little bit of draft preview and some injury talk, unfortunately, for the Atlanta Hawks. Well, we're going to start off with the Hawks and uh, the big news that broke earlier this week, or last week, rather, uh, very late uh, Wednesday night, early Thursday morning, it was reported by Adrian Wojnarowski that Anyeka Kongwu underwent surgery to repair a torn labrum in his right shoulder. So just kind of out of the blue, um, nothing really leading up to this. Uh, it says that his his uh, rehab to get a full recovery will take approximately six months. So that slates him to come back uh, late, mid-January-ish. Somewhere in that range is uh, where, right where six months is. So it could be a little bit later than that. It could be a little more like early February, or he might be able to come back in early January, a little bit earlier than expected. But um, a pretty pretty big blow for, not a huge blow, but a, a big blow, not for really the Hawks team, but just um, as a Kongu, as a player, and as a prospect. Um, for those of you who don't know, after the Hawks drafted a Kongu last year, he missed a majority of the offseason with a foot injury. And uh, didn't play a ton in the regular season. So just really um, unfortunate for him that he's going to have to go back-to-back off-seasons without having much um, much room to develop, really, because he's just dealing with injuries and not really able to do much, um, especially with this torn labor where you can't really do anything for a few months now. So, yeah, it's it's going to – I don't think it's going to stunt his uh, development drastically or anything, but it's um, – not ideal to have one of your younger guys not being able to have some um, off-season time to work on their game and develop things, especially like a Kongu who showed a lot of upside in the playoffs, really, um, especially on the defensive end and the 76ers and the Buck series did a really good job on Joel Embiid, did a really good job on Giannis, even better than Clint Capella. Um, but yeah, going to leave a little hole in the Hawks rotation because Kongu was was slated to be the backup center behind Capella. And uh, maybe he would have even started to take a little bit of playing time for Capella if he kept on progressing the way the things looked, they were the direction things were going. But now you don't have him until January, February. And uh, you're going to have to fill this hole somehow. Um, one way that you could do this is uh, if you do bring back John Collins, which I think the Hawks are going to do. That's the big topic this offseason. But John Collins can play center. So you can kind of interchange him and Capella, but you're still going to need a, a, a backup of some sorts. They could use their mid-level, mid-level exception on a backup center. I don't know if they'll do that or not. Um, I don't think they're going to use their draft pick on that. We'll get into more draft stuff later, but I don't think they're going to use a draft pick on a backup center because if you draft a center right now at pick 20, it's really just not going to be ready to be in the rotation. They could go for like a league minimum type guy just to – carry them over till a Kongu gets back. Um, maybe like a Dwayne Dedman type. He's a former Hawk. He's been with the Hawks on two different stints, so maybe they could bring him back. I believe he's a free agent. That's just one example of a, a type of guy that you could get just uh, at the league minimum salary to come in and play backup center for a few months until a Kongu gets back. But yeah, it's it's really um, a bigger blow for just the individual player than the team as a whole. A Kongu wasn't getting a ton of minutes really. Um, in the in the regular season, and he was um he had, he had a good amount of playing time in the playoffs, but there were at some points he was just straight out of the rotation, wasn't getting any minutes, maybe like a couple minutes a night. 
especially earlier in the playoffs. So it's not like a huge blow to the Hawks. I don't think this changes their trajectory at all for the ne- for the next year. But I'm um, definitely not good at, for just the uh, the prospect and just the player as a whole. Pretty brutal for a Kongu there. Uh, so now we'll move on to some draft talk. Um, the Hawks are picking at 20. The draft is this Thursday night. Uh, pretty quick turnaround between the season and the draft, but it is this Thursday. The Hawks are picking 20th, and I really have no idea what they're going to do. Um, kind of with most people, it really just depends on um, who falls, really. Um, who's the best guy that's going to be a, um, have a, be a value pick and uh, fall down a little bit of where they're supposed to be picked. Uh, one guy in particular that I would like the Hawks to get that is projected to be in around the 20-ish range is Jared Butler of Baylor. He's a guard. Um, just won a national championship with him last year. Um, no real reason. I just think he's a good fit and just could feel what the Hawks are doing. Whoever the Hawks pick with this 20th pick is probably not going to have a huge impact on the team. Um, I don't know. I'm not expecting them to go and get a rotation guy with this pick, at least for the upcoming season. But, um, yeah, this, this pick really isn't – I don't want to downplay, but it's not a huge deal for the Hawks. Um, the Hawks could swing and miss on this pick and be perfectly fine because they have so much – young depth already um, between Reddish, Herter, uh, not Collins, Hunter, hopefully Collins does come back, but uh, there's just depth guys, depth wings that they have a plethora of. So yeah, not a really a huge pick. It's not like they're back in the lot. It's not like they're in the lottery like they've been years past, but it is, it is a pick where the, it is in the range where the Hawks have had success. They've picked Kevin Herter and John Collins in the 17 to 20 ish range that there's where those picks were when they took those guys and they've been very productive um, Travis Schlenk has been awesome. He's nailed at pretty much every draft pick up to this point With his time with the Hawks. I mean every everyone has shown real upside and a lot of them have broken out and you're still like see guys like Cam Reddish who had a mini breakout in the playoffs and that might be like the worst of his picks so far honestly and Cam Reddish could is really I think is really good and I think he's going to be even better in the future so Schlenk has nailed all his picks um, and he really doesn't have to nail one right here because it's just not not make or break for the Hawks at all. It's not a lottery pick again. It's twentieth pick. You'd love for the guy, for the Hawks to get a, a guy that could come in and be good in a few years, but if they don't, it's really not the end of the world. But still, exciting to get a new guy in the mix for the Hawks. Um, but I, I'll go ahead and lay my lay my claim on Jared Butler. That's who I want the Hawks to select. Be happy if they did that. But, um, yeah, the only, the only real way the Hawks should mess up this pick, I think, in my opinion, one thing I wouldn't want them to do is them to go get a, a, a non, a, just a straight-up center, a guy that can't really make his own shot or shoot or anything. Not really, not, not a, I, want, I would like them to get a stretch center if they're going to go for a center. But, um, yeah, that's like would be my only, my only um, gripe is if they just got like a, a regular Clint Capella-esque center. Um, I just don't think that would be very smart on them. But I don't think they're going to do that. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much all I have on the Hawks and on the draft stuff. Now we're going to get into the main portion of the episode, which is the Braves. The trade deadline is rapidly approaching. It is Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern time. So the day after the NBA draft will be the MLB trade deadline. And the Braves have a massive series this week starting today um, on Monday with a doubleheader against the Mets. And then three games on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, also against the Mets in New York. And the Braves are currently five games back in the division from the Mets. So the Braves could go out here and sweep the Mets. They would be tied for first place in the division, which I know is a long shot, but it's just it's right there in front of them. I'm not, I'm not expecting the Braves to go 5-0. They, they could, 
They could also go 0-5. Um, but, yeah, we'll get into the game action from the past week before we get into the deadline stuff and the talk about the Met series. Uh, the Braves started this week by hosting the Padres. Uh, the game on Monday was postponed due to rain and was uh, shifted to a doubleheader on Wednesday. So the series started on Tuesday night, and the Braves won 2-1. Uh, Tuki Toussaint got his first start of the year, and he absolutely shoved. Um, six and two-thirds innings, only three hits, one earned run, only two walks, and five Ks. Really good start from Tukey. Uh, bullpen was lights out. Matzik, Martin, Smith all work clean innings. Uh, Freddie Freeman homer to put the Braves up in the sixth inning, and they win 2-1. to one. Not really much much there. Just a good, solid win, and really encouraging uh, to see Tukey have a good start. And um, there's more on that later as well as, as it goes to Tukey. We'll move on to game two, the first part of a double header, and the Braves lose 3-2. to two. Uh, Chris Paddock at the start for the Padres. He was pretty good in this one. He goes five innings pitched, zero earned runs for the Padres. Kyle Moore got the start for the Braves. He was solid, um, especially in a seven-inning game. Uh, four innings pitched, only one earned run. Did walk three, had three strikeouts, but another fine start for Muller. But the Braves couldn't come up with enough offense. They got two runs in the sixth, but that's all they would get. Um, and they lose three to two on the first game of the doubleheader on Wednesday. And then game two, uh, the Braves didn't get to finish this one because it got rained out and suspended until they go and play the Padres in September. And at the at the moment, this game is in the bottom of the fifth. The Braves are down five to four, and Jock Peterson is at the plate. So. Um, I believe it's late September when the Braves go and play the Padres in San Diego. Uh, they will finish this game. It's a seven-inning game, so it's bottom of the fifth and a seven-inning game. Braves are up, down five to four, with Jock Peterson at the plate. So they will resume there in September. Uh, could be a pretty important game uh, for both teams if uh, the Padres are in a division race um, at, um, of their own. And they're also competing for a wild card spot, so that could be an important game for them. And it could be a very important game for the Braves late into the season if they could like, pull that game out. But, yeah, pretty pretty interesting thing that's going to happen. The Braves will have a, a little bit of a home game. They'll have a home few home innings in San Diego in September, so that'll be pretty interesting. So, Braves split that one 1-1. One game is still uh, TBD in September, so... 1-1 with the Padres, whatever, and then you have a big series in Philadelphia against the Phillies, and it starts off very well. The Braves take game one 7-2. Uh, Charlie Morton got the start, and he brought the salt with him. Six innings pitched, just two run runs, eight punchies. He had four walks, ended up giving up two runs in his last inning of work, but uh, the bullpen came in and held it down. Luke Jackson, scoreless inning. Matzik. Goes uh, two-thirds of an inning with no runs. Martin, no runs. Jesse Chavez, no runs. Uh, Braves offense breaks out pretty big. Freddie Freeman, RBI single. Dansby Swanson hits his first career grand slam. Orlando Arcia hit a homer. And Austin Riley scored on, or Austin Riley drove in a run on a bases loaded walk. So good for Young Thick. Braves win 7-2. Good start to the big series in Philadelphia. But game two wasn't as kind. They lose 5-1. to one. Max Freed got the start, and he was not very good. Five innings pitched, four earned runs, four walks, six punch-outs. The walks were really what got him in this one. Didn't really have much command. The Phillies had Zach Wheeler on the mound, and he was terrific. 
per usual, especially against the Braves. Seven innings pitch, just one run and eight strikeouts. Braves only get one run across the board. It was on a Freddie Freeman single, and that's all they would get. They lose game two, five to one. We'll move on to game three, and the Braves blow the doors off the Phillies in this one, 15-3. Drew Smiley got the start. He goes four innings pitched, zero earned runs. He left early with some uh, pain in his knee, um, but he is still scheduled to start the, in, in the in the Mets series rather um, later this week. So hopefully all is good there because he's been very good lately. He goes four shutout innings. Uh, the Phillies sent Vince Velasquez to the mound, and it goes. And it went about as well as you expected with him against the Braves. Two and a third innings pitched. Six earned runs. The Braves absolutely mashed him. Jock Peterson had a four-hit night. He, he had a homer. Freddie Freeman had a homer. Ozzie Albies had a homer. Uh, Abraham Almonte had a homer. Austin Riley had a homer. Uh, the Braves just kind of ran wild all over the Phillies, 15-3. to And they will go for the series win on Sunday. But they do not get the series win. They end up splitting. They lose 2-1. to one. Aaron Nola absolutely shoved for the Phillies. Uh, eight and two-thirds innings, one earned run on an Austin Riley homer in the ninth. Actually, he was going for a complete game shutout, but Riley broke it up and got him out of the game. He had nine punchouts. But the offense, it was, it was not the pitching that lost this one for the Braves. It was the offense as Tuki Toussaint turns in another spectacular performance to follow up his one earlier in the week as the Padres. This one was even better. Probably the best start of his career. Seven innings pitched. One earned run. No walks and ten punchies. The one run was on a Gene Segura homer. That was all the Phillies got across against Tukey. Uh, so he was spectacular once again for the Braves in two starts in a row. And I would just love nothing more if Tukey just took a hold of a rotation spot and didn't let it go. I would love that. Uh, Chris Martin came in relief. He gave up a homer to Ron Torres, and that one proved to be costly. That put the Phillies up 2 to nothing heading into the ninth. Austin Riley, like I said, hit a homer in the ninth, but the Braves couldn't push anything else across, and they split the series 2-2 with the Phillies. So, as of right now, the Braves are 48-50. and Like I said, they're five games out. The Phillies are 49-49, they're four games out, and the New York Mets are 52-44 and in first place. So, big series approaching, and before we get into that and into the trade deadline talk, we have to talk about one piece of uh, news, a transaction from the Braves, and that was that they DFA'd Ender and Ciarte. Um, so that essentially means that he is he's no longer the 40-man roster, he is no longer with the organization. Um, it's reported that the Braves were looking to trade him, uh, so the Braves have around 10 days to trade him, or he will um, be he will be back with the organization, or Ender could elect free agency. But if he comes back, if he clears the waivers and doesn't get traded, Ender will definitely come back uh, because he will. If he elects free agency, he will not get the remainder of his salary. So Ender will probably come back. But the Braves are looking to trade him, so maybe they'll get a, a deal done for Ender. But a uh, pretty unceremonious ending to a, a nice career with the Braves. Um, Ender was very good defensively for a while. Um, he was solid on offense for a couple of years there. Had a, the 200-hit season in 2017, made the All-Star team. Um, had a 200-hit season, but was still not a, an elite hitter. Um, a lot of singles in there. Um, no shade at Ender, though. He was he was really good, for, uh, especially defensively, for um a good a good portion of a decade for the Braves. Um, it just kind of sucks that his best years came when the Braves were not very good, and when the Braves got good, Ender was not very good. And a lot of that was um due to injuries. He he's been banged. He was banged up a lot in 2019, 
Um, I think he was actually kind of good in 2019, but he was really injured and couldn't stay on the field. But yeah, um, a little bit of an un- unceremonious ending to his Braves career, assuming that's the end, which I am assuming that that'll be it for him. There is a team option for um, him next year, which will most definitely be declined wherever he is. So, um, so, so uh, thanks, Ender, for um, your contributions over the years. Um, that wasn't sarcastic either. He was actually pretty good for a few years. So we'll move on from that, and we'll get into the Met series and the trade deadline. So biggest series of the year. Um, that goes without saying. Five games against the Mets. They're in first place, and you're five games out. Um, doubleheader tonight. Uh, first game is at 5-10. It'll be Kyle Muller. And Marcus Stroman for the Mets. Uh, Stroman's been very good for the Mets all year. He's got a 2.59 ERA. But Muller's been very good too for the Braves. He's got a 3.20 ERA. So that is the uh, game one matchup. Uh, game two, the Mets haven't um, announced their starter yet. And it'll be Bryce Wilson for the Braves, who has not been very good, but hopefully he can pull something together. So. Um, the Braves re- really need to go like four and one in this series. Um, if they go four and one in the series, they'll be two games out, and that'll bring them into the deadline on Friday. And then you are all you're going to be buying at that point if you uh, go four and one. But if you go one and four, you're eight games out, and you're not buying anymore, most likely. Um, but I don't think either either of those aren't the, probably the most realistic options. Um, probably what's going to happen is the Braves are probably going to win three out of two. Or the Braves are going to go down two to three, and they're either going to be four games back, or it be six games back. And either way, there the Braves will probably add a little pieces um, on Friday or even before. Um, but yeah, it would really take it would take either the for one of the drastic measures to happen of either drastic selling or drastic buying. It would probably take a sweep from one of the two teams. Um, if they if the Braves go five and zero and they're uh, tied for the division lead. They could make a significant move. At that point, they could be like, "All right, we we've hit our hot streak. We're locked in, and we're about to go make our move, and we're going to go get some help, whether it's big bullpen help, another bat, something like that." But if you go zero and five, and you're ten games out, you sell. You you sell. You trade Charlie Morton. You trade Drew Smiley. Probably you get whatever you can for him. Probably trade like Chris Martin out of the bullpen. Maybe if you could get a deal on Will Smith, he's on an expiring contract. He's still got another year left on his deal. But um, yeah, that's a guy you got to look into trading. Maybe you look to trade Jock Peterson because he's expiring. Um, he does have the mutual option, but it might as well be an expiring contract. So yeah, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, um, a lot of stakes in this series. And that goes without saying of what the Braves are going to do at the deadline. This is pretty much the season. I mean, the Braves could not do well and then sell, and then they could, you know, go on a run, whatever, out of spite or whatever they want to do. But this is this is essentially the season, for, for better or for worse, it will be. And the Bra- if the Braves go four and one, like I said, they go four and one, they're two games out, and they're right in it. Or if they go five and zero, oh, somehow they're tied for first place. So it, I think if they go, I think if they go three and two, they're still going to buy. They'll put them at four games out at the deadline. That's still very manageable. Um, you know, I, I really love for the Braves to buy. Uh, I think if they do end up buying, they, I don't, I don't know how significantly large the moves will be unless they go like five and zero. Really, I can't imagine the Braves going to get like Joey Gallo if they go three and two this week and they're um, four games out. I just don't see that. I could see them adding another, uh, another outfield bat, 
something like that, or um, a, a very uh, a good reliever, but not a major reliever like Craig Kimbrell or anything. I couldn't really see that, but you know, maybe maybe this is this. It'd be kind of odd, honestly, but th- this could be the time where Anthopoulos pulls a trigger, makes his big move, and I can't imagine his big move just being a a rental guy that um, would only be on the team for the rest of 2021. Like for instance, Joey Gallo. Um, he would be on the team for this year, and he's under contract for 2022 as well. So he could do a deal like that, and um, it wouldn't be like a huge buy buying move just for the season. It would be a buyer's move, but it would also give the Braves another significant bat for the next year. And they could do that if there's a reliever out there that is under control for this year and next year, the Braves could go after him. And um, and it wouldn't be like, oh, this is like we're going all in right now. We're giving up some significant prospect capital for a good player just for this year when things, even if the Braves do have a good week, things still aren't as good as one would expect them to be. Um, you know, I think most Braves fans thought at this point in the season the Braves would be in first place and not, not the Mets. And they wouldn't be five games out and under 500. But um, so, yeah, it would be, it'd be really weird if the Braves did just go all in on a uh, rental guy and, you know, spent a top 10 prospect on, like, if the Braves, like, went and got Chris Bryant and they traded a, a big prospect, that would be bizarre. Unless they had, like, full intention of signing him for the for on a big contract, which I don't think the Braves are going to do. So, and, I, and the Braves aren't going to do that. It would just be super out of character for Anthopolis and the, this front office regime to go out and do a deal like that. It, w- it would be very odd. So, I don't expect that to happen. Um, really, I'm expecting... Realistically, if I had to bet, the Braves are probably going to go two and three, three and two, and they're going to make a little move for another bat, and they're going to make a little move for a reliever or two. That's my prediction. Um, I could be wrong. They could do nothing. They could do one of those things and not the other, or they could end up selling. Um, it really just depends. I mean, I'm sure they've they've ran the phones around the league on Charlie Morton and on Drew Smiley. And Chris Martin probably, um, probably not Freddie Freeman. Um, I guess I needed to talk about that a little bit. The Braves could trade Freddie if the Braves go zero and five. They could trade him. He is an unexpiring contract, but that's obviously just like the the uh, full nuclear option of this deadline is trading Freddie Freeman. But the only way that I foresee that happening, the Braves moving Freddie, um, is if he went to Anthopolis, him and his agent went to the front office and said and made it and they made it abundantly clear that he is not returning to the Braves this offseason. He will not be re-signing. At that point then you might look around and say, Alright, we gotta trade this guy. We gotta get something for him because he's that's guaranteed that he is not coming back. But I don't think Freddie it was going to do that or has done that. Um, it seems that the, Freddie still would like to stay with the Braves. He's done some interviews in the past week saying that he's excited for the future. So I think I think that he still wants to be in Atlanta and they could get a deal done this offseason. But I will say this. If the Braves don't trade Freddie, which they're not going to do, but if the Braves don't trade Freddie and they don't go on a run and make the playoffs and we're in the division and Freddie leaves and they don't get anything from Freddie Freeman and they don't make the playoffs and they, and he walks, it's it's not a good look. It's one thing if the Braves were in first place right now and like you're obviously not going to trade Freddie Freeman. But – like if they don't trade him and the Braves don't make the playoffs and he walks, then that's just kind of like the wor- that's worst case scenario. So, you know, I, I still in my heart of hearts believe that the Braves are going to re-sign him this offseason, but 
the scale has tilted significantly towards that the Braves he might not be returning to the Braves. You know, I think it might it, like it's getting it, it might be a coin toss or it's getting close at least to a coin toss if he's coming back or not because I think everybody thought that by now they would definitely have a deal with him and they still haven't. But so that that's that's the uh, that's the Freddie Freeman segment of uh, the episode of what they're going to do with him and all of, all of his contract stuff and his trade line discussion. But yeah, that's 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 pretty much what I got on the, the Braves and all of their uh, the deadline preview of what they could do or what they will do or what they won't do, all of that. Um, it's going to be a very interesting four days here. Um, a lot of high stakes games for both teams. The Mets, the Mets know this too. The Mets know this is a, this is a huge series for them as well. They're going to, they're looking at this series and saying we can bury the Braves in these five games. If we go out and win four out of five or we sweep them, the Braves are dead. And they're they're going to be trying to do that. And they're trying to really just take a take hold of this division. And what, what we're just going to see, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. Um, it's going to be, uh, probably some very, um, probably the most intense games the Braves have played since they played the Dodgers in the playoffs last year. Um, it's, it's not the same level, but they're fighting for their lives as a, as a, as a team right now to persuade the front office to make them better. And in a sense, that's the season because they have to get better. This team as constructed, isn't going to do anything. In the playoffs, if they do somehow make it with the roster as constructed, they're not going to do anything. So, they've got to they've got to play well this week, and they've got to they got to win some games if they want Anthopolis to go out and uh, get some get some assistance for this squad. So, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Hopefully, this time next week when we talk, um, that the Braves are in a good spot. Um, we might be talking before then if the Braves do make a significant move for a. For a big time player, or just like any like a like if it's like a Jot Peterson type of trade, I'll probably come in and maybe do an emergency podcast for that. But if they uh, do like another Stephen Vote trade, I probably won't do anything like that. But yeah, if the Braves do something pretty significant, um, I I uh, probably will chime in um, on an emergency podcast to discuss it. So we'll see. Uh, might have it might happen tomorrow. Might happen Friday. The Braves have already made some trades way before the deadline, so we will just see what happens. Um, and yep, that's going to do it for this episode. If you made it this far, I thank you for listening. Um, I'll either be back Monday or I'll be back with an emergency episode sometime later this week. Thank you for watching and I'll see you in the next one.